Welcome to the podcast where we track down Australian war veterans, have a chat with them and hear their stories. I'm Alex Lloyd and this is Life on the Line. They were building positions in there if for a fight. happened to us, by the time anyone got to us, I think it was chaos. the weather was so bad, there would be no to run boots full of blood. And the next thing I hear was alarms screaming. Chances were very, very slick. The soldiers didn't want to go into the ambushes, so they'd send the kids in first. And so he was sent in first into an ambush and he got shot in the stomach. It was very hard for me, very hard for my family. And the pain burst. Proud of the crew, proud of what I've achieved and what I'm doing. The volunteer for service was in effect to put your life on the line. Welcome back to Life on the Line. Later this month, Sydney will be hosting the Invictus Games, an international adaptive multi-sport event created by Prince Harry. In the Games, wounded, injured or sick armed service personnel and veterans compete in sports including wheelchair basketball, sitting volleyball, indoor rowing and more. For this bonus episode, Angus Horden spoke to Adrian Talbot. Adrian is an Australian and a veteran of the British Royal Marine Commandos. We will feature Adrian's story of service in Season 3, but we wanted to mark the upcoming Games by having this conversation with a former gold medalist and now ambassador. I'm Angus Horden and I'm speaking today with Adrian Talbot. Adrian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Adrian, in 2014, you competed at the Invictus Games in London. Can you tell us about your journey to the Games? Yeah, look, I was um, walking to school uh, with my daughter. We'd recently moved to the area and I met a, a young man that served with the two commando over here and we immediately got to know each other and build up rapport. He probably saw that I was shielding quite a lot of stuff and then encouraged me to start interacting with some some younger veterans that were going through the transition out of defense and that was kind of me coming into the into the veteran space here in Australia and it would seem that the the issues and problems and some of the adversity that veterans face um, are definitely universal that was the start of it Adrian, the games are typically for wounded or injured veterans. What difficulty were you going to in the games? I have physiological injuries, which I've been medically discharged from service for. I'd been diagnosed with osteoarthritis back in um, 2009 and subsequently went through 10 surgical procedures since then. So it was a lot of surgery, rehab, surgery, rehab during the last couple of years of my service. Obviously, grappling with that physiological stuff, you know, it had a psychological effect. You know, I got depressed. I, I was told that I wouldn't be able to serve anymore. Essentially, someone was making a decision for me when I wanted to keep keep serving and keep deploying with my mates. Um, that was difficult and adjusting to that was difficult. And I think the man that I described before, his name's Jeff Evans. He, um, he saw that in me, saw that I was probably grappling. He'd gone through quite a catastrophic uh, injury himself when he was serving. And so, as I said before, the, the issues are universal and he then started encouraging me to to become more involved which which is what I did. What was it like being surrounded by so many veterans with all those different experiences and difficulties then relating these to your own and yet coming through this with a common challenge? Yeah look Angus that's a great question look the the thing I found that was most uplifting I suppose was we didn't know what to expect from the games and when we got there we were completely blown away 
by the sheer magnitude, I suppose, of the injuries and, and some of the adversity that some of these veterans and their families had gone through. And so you, you always, and, and you often think when you're going about your life, you know, for me, it was going through the surgeries and the rehab and having my wife as a full-time carer. Um, and, and, you know, that's quite significant for a young family to be going through. She was trying to raise our beautiful daughters. And then all of a sudden she had this man that was up until, you know, a couple of years ago, an incredibly capable individual, very physical. And then he couldn't literally lift his legs anymore. So then you're, you're thrust into this environment with all these other families that have had to overcome that as well in some way. Obviously, the injuries and the challenges that they were facing were all different. But as soon as you started talking to these other people, you you felt like you were at home, essentially. So part of that issue of that transition is obviously you're taken away from a peer group that you're very close to. You know, sometimes those bonds are even closer than family bonds. And then all of a sudden, they're taken away. Uh, for me, it was injury. For some of these other people, it was um, being blown up in Afghanistan or being shot. So that's quite significant in itself. And some of them wake up in other countries. And then all of a sudden, they're not they're not back in with their mates until the mates come back from deployment. Sometimes that takes even longer. So you're in an in international setting with people from different countries who have gone through very similar experiences. So as I said before, it was essentially like coming home and getting a bigger family. So if we go back to 2014 and the Invictus Games in London, how emotional was it for you at the opening ceremony? The opening ceremony, again, you, you, you don't really... You've got nothing to compare it to. And then all of a sudden you, you go into this arena and the people on the stage behind you were all sort of very important people, celebrities, royalty. And, you know, then, then you have the, the flyover with the fast air jets, helicopters, and then all your, um, your beautiful parades. And then as you come in, you're being cheered by everyone from the public. Like it's, it was just phenomenal and it was televised throughout the UK. So again, we, we had no expectations. Um, we just were all going over there, you know, for, for this event that we were told was going to be amazing. And then the word amazing doesn't really do it justice. It was truly phenomenal. So really it's right up there with an Olympic Games, a World Cup, except you're in it. Yeah. And again, we all served our country, but that kind of thing is a lot of us had never been exposed to and yeah like it was the support and you could really feel the sheer emotion and the love like that people were, were pouring out for veterans from across the world and you're competing as a cyclist and as a swimmer i understand hmm. we don't uh, talk about the cycling i guess <laughs> yeah but uh it was it look it was challenging in that uh, i turned up at the event and they were short some cyclists and uh, so in 2014 we were at the time trying to get as many athletes to compete as we could so we filled the team but obviously there were some incredible athletes that had gone through injury and had used adaptive sport to overcome their injuries so they were very competitive in the cycling myself I, I kind of had to hire a bike and I got on the track I managed to finish the event but it wasn't um yeah it was again going around that track and people just cheering you on was, you know, I'd never experienced anything like so that. So I could well imagine they're cheering your participation. The fact you yeah. survived, you've turned up, you're doing it. Yes, it, it was, that, and that's the beauty of it. Often people get behind people that aren't, you know, that are, are coming last in swimming pools, but the, the sheer magnitude of what you're seeing of, of these people that had, um, you know, and their families that were supporting them, they'd been told their, their lives after what had happened to them, they, w they wouldn't be able to achieve certain things. You know, you won't be able to walk, you won't be able to run, you won't be able to cycle. And so seeing them do these things firsthand was just, it's mind blowing. So I understand you follow this great Australian tradition of success in the swimming pool. Tell us about that. 
oh, we, we grow up around water, don't we? So um, I was looking forward to the swimming. Um, I hadn't competed for many years since I was a junior. And then you go into a, an Olympic stadium, essentially, and it's full. It was sold out that day. And so we were going through the heats. And so during the day, the crowds are, are building for the finals. And uh, after the first event, I was actually in four swimming events. And I had to pull out of, of two of them because I wanted to remain competitive because I started getting through the heats. I thought, oh, actually, you know, my times are looking fairly decent. So I pulled out of two because I didn't really have the um, the stamina at the time. The physicality wasn't wasn't what it used to be. Yeah, I was uh, lucky enough to, to bring home some medals. It's okay to say they were gold medals. <laughs> yeah. They, Perhaps I'll say it for you. Thank you. Yeah, that was um, amazing. And I got to share the podium with um, a British chap in the freestyle, David Wiseman, again, an amazing fellow. And then uh, Ben Webb, who's also, um, I've actually, since the games, we've become very, very good friends, you know, and Ben's gone on to um, run the Veteran Centre, Sydney Northern Beaches, and he's doing, you know, wonderful things for veterans and their families now. So Adrian, you would really testify the importance of sport in helping you and others with rehabilitation. It was key for me. I would say that I was probably before the games a little bit detached from reality, essentially. You know, I'd, I'd been living a certain way for a number of years and hadn't, hadn't addressed some of the issues that had developed during my service. And Invictus, in a way, sort of opened my eyes. It was obviously humbling seeing, you know, the brilliance of these other human beings and what they'd achieved. So I was able to put a lot of my things into perspective. But it also gave me, I suppose, the the, the confidence to to start addressing some of those those issues that I hadn't addressed because, you know, the games just brought it out. Can you tell us about Clubs New South Wales and their involvement in this year's Invictus Games? Clubs have been um, amazing. They're a, um, a platform that have existed in our, our society for a number of years now Obviously, you know, if we go into a local club, we can see what they do for the local community. But they're an excellent platform for veterans and their families to be able to reintegrate back into society. You know, your local club supports many local sports. Some of them have their own training facilities as well. So they've been helping veterans and not very publicly because a lot of the stuff they do, you know, they do it just because it's the right thing to do. So they are definitely a conduit of support for veterans and their families to get involved and to to help that transition out of defence. They just don't sort of publicise it, but I've, I've been seeing it firsthand since the sort of unveiling of the games here in Sydney. Clubs got on board quite quickly in terms of their, their partnership because they could definitely see synergies from what they do within the club. Aside from, you know, the food and beverage and gaming side, that link back to the community is such a vital importance for our veterans and their families. Adrian, you're an ambassador for the Invictus Games here in Sydney this year, in 2018. What are you looking forward to most about this year's games? I would say for those that haven't experienced the games, so there's a number of athletes in the Australian team that this will be their first games. I'd imagine that there's a significant amount of athletes internationally, again, that haven't experienced the game. So what I experienced in 2014 is going to be fresh for them. It's going to be new. And what I don't know, there wouldn't be too many cities internationally that could put on a games like Sydney can. So I'm looking forward to welcoming everyone from around the world into that Invictus family and into a worldwide community, essentially. Adrian, when do the games actually start and where can people buy tickets? Yep, please um, get online, go onto the uh, the Invictus uh, website and then follow the links to the ticket sales. And the games are on from the 20th of October to the 27th of October. Adrian, congratulations on your wonderful achievements and thank you for sharing the Invictus Games with us today. Thank you very much, Angus.
Look up the Invictus Games online and support this great cause. Their website is invictusgames2018.org. I hope to see you there. Adrian's story of service will be told in a future episode. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast to get all content. You can also go to www.lifeonthelinepodcast.com forward slash subscribe and sign up for our e-newsletter. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Life on the Line Podcast and on Twitter at LOTLPod. Be sure to follow us there. Life on the Line is brought to you by Thistle Productions. Artwork by Big Cat Design. Music by Dan Van Werkhoven. Thanks for listening. Good luck to all competing at the Invictus Games. And lest we forget... <laughs>